and welcome to RV Dreaming. In this podcast, we help you prepare for life on the road. Whether you're in an RV or van or in the back of your car, we teach you how to get on the road and how to survive your first year as a full-time nomad. RV Dreaming, start here, go anywhere. How you doing? My name is Stuart from Stuart Doing Stuff on Instagram. I've been a nomad since 2020, and I split my time between my 40-foot Super C RV and my 24-foot Sprinter van, and I travel with my two cats, Camden and Izzy. Follow me on Instagram at Stuart Doing Stuff. That's S-T-U. They are doing stuff for more stories and videos. And today, we're going to talk about full-time RVing, and not about my travels, per se, we're going to talk about whether it's going to be great for you because everybody asks, is full-time RVing like worth it? Is it, is it good? And, and should I do it? And, and I think that question has so many complicated answers. So today we're going to take a step, a six step assessment on whether or not full-time RVing is right for you. First, we're going to understand what full-time RVing is all about. And then we're going to talk about the pros and the cons of full-time RVing. We all see the pros on Instagram and on YouTube and all the pretty stuff, but there are a lot of cons. I think sometimes there's just as many, if not more, cons as pros when it comes to living full-time in an RV. We're also going to talk about financial considerations, whether or not you can really save money by living on the road. We're going to talk about lifestyle adjustments, about how your lifestyle is going to completely change from what it is now to being on the road mobily. And then finally, we're going to talk about is RVing, full-time RVing, right for you with a little self-assessment and taking into account everything that we've talked about up until this point. Okay, are you ready? All right, let's do this. So number one, understanding full-time RVing. Now, there's a couple ways that people look at this. I'm a, what, I'm a full-time RVer, but there are other RVers that are also full-time that do it differently. And what does that mean? So I do not have a home base. Some people have a home base. Maybe they live in their vans, but they keep a storage shed or they keep a land or a house that they rent and they go back to it to maybe take a break from the road, maybe, you know, whatever. I don't have any of that. I, I live full time on the road. I don't have a place where I go back to to unwind or to reset or regroup or any of that. What my home is my van. And so wherever I go, I, I, I have all my stuff with me. I don't have a reset position. I don't have a place where I can go and just take a time out. So I'm a, a full, full-time RVer. And sometimes that doesn't always work for people because when you're out on the road, you're always having to say, where am I going to sleep tonight? Where am I going to go? What direction am I going to go? And for some people like myself, that's exciting. That's entertaining. That's that great um, adventurous, spontaneous spirit where you don't know where you're going to wake up in the morning and you don't know where you're going to see or who you're going to meet. That you have to have. Some people just don't have that and that's fine. Does that mean that if you don't have that spontaneous spirit, you can't be a full-time RVer? Absolutely not. You absolutely could. When I first started RVing, in my Super C, I had reservations planned out for six months. I knew where I was going. I knew how long I was going to be there. I knew what I wanted to do when I was there, and I knew when I was leaving. So there's a whole bunch of different um, ways that you can full-time. But I think one of the biggest characteristics of full-time RVers is you're looking for something new. 
you're looking for an adventure, you're looking to try and do something or see something that you've been wanting to or you, or you never thought you would have an opportunity or a chance to do. You know, full-time RVing is, is amazing. I'm out here in Palm Springs right now. And because I'm in my van, I have, I'm at a campsite. I'm at a Thousand Trails campsite. And I was able to get a reservation here for two weeks. My, my plan allows me to get three weeks of reservation. I'm only two. But I will take the van and I'll, I'll go out and explore Palm Springs. There's some great hiking. There's a great sightseeing. There's some great stuff out here to do. And then sometimes I'll stay out there. I'll just stay, you know, maybe if I'm going to go do a Joshua Tree tour, I'll go out and do a night in Joshua Tree and then I'll come back to the Thousand Trails, you know, to my campsite that's here and regroup and shower and do all those other, other kinds of things. Um, there's other times where I'm just trying to beeline it from one place to the other and I'm going to go six, eight hours a day. Other times I just don't know where I'm going. So I'm just looking for an adventure. You know, I've, I've found that small towns are amazing. I found that, um, I actually kind of enjoy going to smaller towns and smaller areas like that than I do going to bigger ones just because there's, there's so much more to see and so much more to do there and so much more character. That's exciting. You know, so I think all of us who are full-time RVers, we have that sense of adventure. We have that sense of excitement of what's behind door number two. You know, somebody came up to you and said, hey, I'm going to give you $100 cash or you can have whatever is in this mystery box. I think we're going to take the mystery box, or at least I would. You know, win or lose, you never know. There's times where I've had destinations where I'm just so looking forward to going. And then when I get there, it's such a disappointment. And then there's other times where I go, well, I don't want to drive anymore. I think I'll just stop here. And and it turns out to be some of the best places and some of the most fun that I've, I've ever had. So you just never know. So understanding full-time RVing, there is no wrong way to RV. I think that's the best way to say it. Whether you want to be highly spontaneous like myself, like I just described, or if you want to be a planner and know where you're going, why you're going, like I did when I first started, you can do that too. Does what is one way wrong or, or better or worse? Absolutely not. It just all depends on what you want out of your RV travel. So don't let anyone tell you you're doing it wrong because there's no such thing. Okay, so now let's talk about some of the pros of full-time RVing. Here's step number two, freedom and flexibility to travel. I remember when I was working, I would love to travel. I wanted to go see things and I wanted to go do things, but the cost of travel between airplane tickets, hotel rooms, meals, eating out, all that stuff really adds up. In an RV, you have none of that. You don't need to worry about hotel room bills. You don't need to worry about eating out. You don't need to worry about the the all these other expenses because you have your stuff with you. So if you want to splurge and you want to go out to dinner, you can do that. But if you wanted to stay home and cook, you can do that too. That's the greatest part about full-time RVing is you have everything you need with you. It really significantly cuts down the cost of travel, the cost of exploring, and there's the cost of vacationing to an extent. So that has got to be the biggest thing. If you always said, I want to go here, but I can't afford it, you probably could afford it if you are a full-time RVer. It really does stripe the cost. We're going to talk about financial considerations coming up and stuff for um, More about pros. And, I, and I'm going to say this because to me, this is a pro. To some people, it might not be. But I'm going to go with... Uh, Simplified living and downsizing possessions. 
there is a time in everyone's life, I think, that you kind of realize that um, you measure your worth, your life, yourself, your accomplishments, not by the car you drive or the house that you have, but by some of the other intangibles, like your relationships, your family, your children, your friends, you know, and, and now as long as you have that, you don't need these things. So downsizing and simplifying your life, um, and it allows you to really focus on relationships and focus on bigger things as opposed to focusing on, oh, look at that new model car that just came out. I need to go get that. Or, oh, check out this TV. I need to go get that. Simplified living takes a lot of stress off your plate that you can use to focus on other things. So that is a, a big pro in my book. Uh, potential cost savings compared to traditional living. You know, when you look at the cost of rent nowadays, when you're looking like in California, a one-bedroom apartment can be going for anywhere between $2,500 and $4,000 a month for a one-bedroom apartment. You know, and, and that's just, to me, mind-boggling that... Um, you can do that. We talk. We, we hear stories all the time about how the real estate market is is it's just dead right now. Interest rates are high. Nobody's selling. You know, it's just it's really hard to get into uh, into a home. And so because of that, everybody's renting and it's driving up rent prices. So we hear about all that kinds of stuff, and I just say, you know, an RV may be a depreciating asset, but at least it's still an asset. When you're renting from somebody, an apartment or a house, it's an asset, but it's not yours. It's not going towards anything. When you leave that lease, you can't get anything back. As opposed to an RV, you go out and spend $50,000 on an RV, you live in it for X number of years, and when you go and sell it, and you sell it for $30,000, at least now you're getting $30,000 of your fifty back. It only costs you twenty. You know, so there's, there's benefit of even though it is a depreciating asset, and at least it's your asset. At least when it comes time to get rid of it and sell it and move on and change your life or whatever you want to do, at least you have now still something to show for it. So that's to me is is another pro is it gets you out of that sticks and bricks. It gets you out of that rental place at the high rent where you can still uh, save quite a bit of money doing this. Um, another pro, and this is one that I did not anticipate, but it's the community on the road. There are some amazing people traveling full time in their RVs. And I'm not talking about like if you see movies and you see, you know, people who talk about, oh, you're living in your car because you're homeless. You have no other options. You got bad credit. You can't get a job. You can't do. We're not talking about that. I know people that I've met on the road that are computer programmers, that are data scientists, that are all working remotely, that are all exploring, that are all traveling, that are all living their best life right now. And, and I think that's one of those things where you kind of get this, per, this perception that, oh, if I'm, if I'm going to get on the road, you know, the only community that's out there is, you know, these dirty old people that can't, you know, hold down a job. They're all druggies or all this. That's not true. I mean, there are that, them that are out there. But the great thing about being on the road is you can pack up and you can go and find your tribe. You can find people that relate to you and you relate to them there are people that are out there it doesn't matter who you are or what walks of life you're coming from 
you will find that group of people on the roads. I'm talking about solo travelers, solo female travelers, families, seniors, retired, working age, everything in the middle you can find on the road. And it's not that hard to do either. All right, tip number three, let's go over the cons of full-time RVing because we can make it you know, look all pretty and, and sunshine and rainbows and stuff like that, but there are some cons to full-time RVing. And I think the first one is going to be the one that resonates with people the most, and it's the lack of stability. You know, people inherently like routines. They like to go to home or get home, wake up, go to work, go to their thing, and then come home and be done. They like that. People like that sense of stability. Um, in an RV, you do have that. But you got to add a couple other items into the mix. So there is no, uh, you don't have a permanent address. You don't have a permanent place to live. You don't have a permanent place to sleep. Well, you have your van you, or your RV. You sleep in your RV, but where are you going to park the RV? You know, you're always thinking what's next, what's next, what's next. And for some people, they can see it as just, that's just one more thing I have to worry about. You know, and and that could also be a pro though. Because if you like that spot spontaneity, if you like that creativity, you like getting out there, that could be there. Space limitations and privacy concerns. So space limitations, absolutely. We talked about this in the pros. You're downsizing your life. You're downsizing your possessions. You're living living a more simplistic life, which means you only need the essentials. You're only going to get the essentials. You're only going to have room for the essentials that you need as far as tangible items in your life. So when we talk about space limitations, I never thought I could live in a 24-foot van. I went from a 3,000 square foot condo to a three bedroom, two bath, 3,000 square foot condo to a um, 40 foot RV to a 24 foot van in a matter of a couple of years. I never thought I could do it, but I love it. It's, it is the greatest, greatest thing ever. So there you go. Privacy concerns. Um, I'm a solo traveler, so I only have to worry about privacy with my two cats and they don't care. They just kind of do their thing and I do my thing. I think if you're traveling with your partner, a wife, spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, um, if you were living together anyways, you're just going to get a little closer. If you're talking about private time with uh, kids and families and all that, well, I'm not the right person to ask on that. I just straight out, I'm not the right person to ask. I have no experience with all that. I can tell you, though, that if you're a family traveling or a large group that's traveling, these RVs that are out there, especially when you get into these fifth wheel sizes, they've got private bedrooms, they've got outdoor spaces, they've got indoor spaces. Some of these things can rival a an apartment that you would get in like a Chicago or a New York or, or anything along those lines. You know, Some of these places are built for privacy. Some of these new RVs, these fifth wheels, have bunk houses and attics and things like that that you can get up to and throw the kids up there and, and stuff to let them have their space so you can have your space. There are ways of getting around any sort of privacy concerns that you may have um, as an RVer. I think the one that bugs me the most on the cons list is this maintenance and the unexpected repairs part. You could be driving down the road and anything can happen. You know, you might say, hey, we're leaving appointment place A today and then we're going to be there in, in place B and you can be down the road and any number of things happen. You can get flat tires, it could be traffic, it could be freeway shutdowns, you know. But I think that's one of those things that we as RVers, we just kind of go with the flow on. 
You know, there's nothing you can do to change it. So you just you just shrug it off and you and you deal with the problem at hand. Now, do you like it? No, absolutely. Isn't it inconvenience? Absolutely. But it's no different than if you're planning Thanksgiving dinner at your house and your sewer drop, you know, backs up or a toilet clogs or you have a, ro- a, a roof that's leaking. You know, any of these kinds of things, you, you have to do the same thing. You just kind of roll with it. So whether you're in an RV or you're in a sticks and bricks home, you're going to have these kind of emergencies and these unexpected repairs that pop up. Is it happen more often in an RV? Maybe. I don't know. Um, depends on your RV. Depends on the house that you're living in. Depends on the on your landlord. Depends on a lot of things. So that's kind of a, uh, a very different kind of thing. Another con, and this is the last one on this section, then we'll move on to financial considerations. Uh, the last con I have is um, weather dependency and safety. <coughs> Excuse me. Weather dependency. Um, you don't want to be out in a hailstorm. You don't want to be out in a lightning storm, even heavy rain. You don't want to be out in excessive heat. The good thing about it is we can get away from all those if we need to. So just always being alert and always being aware, and you're ready to go. Not a big deal. Safety concerns, that's a, that can run from a wide gamut of things. We're, we've, we do full podcasts on RV safety, and you should go look those up if you haven't seen them. But um, those are those big two big cons, though, that will wrap up this list as far as full-time RVing. All right, so what about money? What kind of financial considerations um, are there in RVs? Well, like I mentioned before, you got to have an RV. You got to buy one, you got to rent one, you got to lease one, get a loan, do whatever. Um, how much? RVs run anywhere between brand new, maybe $25,000 if you want to get a little travel trailer, fifth wheel or travel trailer kind of thing, all the way up to millions and millions and millions of dollars for these big fancy class A's and stuff like that. I noticed that most people, most RVs, you can find, depending upon what you're looking for, somewhere is, uh, you can find a quality one especially used starting as low as $50,000 and as high as, you know, six or even seven figures. So it's hard to say how much money do I need because it just all depends on what you want to do. You can go find an RV with really great bones that's been mechanically uh, maintained, that looks great, and you can gut it just like a house and you can upgrade it with your own sofas, your own furniture, your own things. You know, you can make it yours uh, for very, very little money. So... As far as the cost of an RV, that's really kind of up to you. But if you set your budget, you can go out and you can find the best darn rig that you can find that money will buy, that your money will buy, and that you can make it work. That's not a, uh, that is not a drawback. You can find whatever you need to be able to hit the road. Even if you have an SUV right now that can tow, you say your tow capacity is 7,000 pounds, like a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I think their tow capacity is 7,500 pounds. You can go out and find RVs that way less than that and then you're in the and then that's 20 something thousand dollars you're good to go right you're all set now let's look at some other stuff fuel insurance maintenance campsite fees oh gosh you know fuel you're is 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 i always say fuel is my biggest expense but i travel a lot if i traveled less i wouldn't spend as much money in fuel I mean, it's just, it's, it's a basic thing. If I stuck around an area, like, again, I'm in Palm Springs. There's a lot of BLM land out here. There's a lot of stealth camping spots out here. Uh, it's a very friendly, RV-friendly stealth camping area uh, to be at. If I just made a circle and I never slept in one spot more than two or days, like if I'm here one night, then I moved a mile down the road and slept somewhere else for another night, and I moved to Joshua Tree, I was there for a week, 
you know, your fuel cost is going to be nominal. Your campsite fees are going to be zero. You know, you, you can really add all that kind of stuff. If your insurance is going to be the same, whether you drive a thousand miles, or you drive 10,000 miles a year, you know, that's not the issue. Maintenance, kind of the same thing. It's going to fluctuate depending upon the number of miles that you put onto your rig. So that's kind of a, a hard kind of scenario to be able to look at. But what I would say is when you're budgeting, you should always budget for emergencies because you just never know what's going to happen. And emergencies are different than your normal repairs and maintenance. You should be budgeting for your normal repairs and maintenance for your tires, your oil changes, and, and all that other kinds of stuff. You know that's going to come, so start putting money away for that now. Emergency budgeting, I'm talking about as if your air condition dies or your refrigerator dies and you need to go and buy a new one. Those are the emergency kind of costs that, that I'm looking at. Um, when I say emergencies. So you have your repairs and maintenance budget. You also have your emergency budget. And let's talk about income on the road, remote work, seasonal jobs. You know, you can get jobs at campgrounds. You can get seasonal jobs as a camp host running a campground and maintenance and repairs and customer service. You know, if you stay, I know a lot of people that will stay put for one campground season, make a bunch of money, and then travel the rest of the eight months. You know, that's that's an option. There's a, a someone that I know that just got an amazing uh, camp work job in Yosemite. Stayed up in Yosemite the entire season, met a ton of different people, and was out exploring the entire park, lived on site um, for free in the van, just cost no money, had an amazing summer, made a ton of money, and then just hit the road again. So there are a lot of things that you can do that are out there as far as seasonal work, as far as remote work, remote jobs. COVID really element, uh, elevated uh, remote work in it when it comes to um, the acceptance and the availability of nomadic jobs. So that's a huge thing when we look at financial considerations. So can you save money living on the road or in an RV as opposed to your current situation? Well, that's a hard question to answer. If you're asking that question and you're in a high rent, high cost of living area like California, New York, Miami, something along those lines, or Chicago, uh, the answer is probably yes. But if you're listening and you are in uh, uh, Iowa or Kansas or some other lower cost uh, place, uh, lower cost of living, um, the answer could still be yes, but it's also going to depend. So every situation, every area is different. So can you really save money by living on the road? I am. I'm saving a lot of money by living on the road. Uh, but I also was paying high rent, and I was in a high-cost area in Los Angeles, California. So that's an individual answer that you're going to have to talk about and decide for yourself. All right, so number five, lifestyle adjustments. Well, we talked about a lot of different lifestyle adjustments from moving into a home into an RV. We talked about the elements of stability. We talked about downsizing. We talked about a lot of these other kinds of uh, things. But I think that when you're looking at these adjustments, you have to go in it with this basic concept that you are are moving from what you were doing before. Maybe it was a more materialistic lifestyle and you're moving now into more of a minimalist lifestyle. So you only carry what you need. And for me, I only carry something as long as it can do multiple things, you know. And you just kind of have to change your way of thinking and change your your perception and change your outlook on, on certain stuff. And it is hard. It can be hard at first. 
Um, but I think that it is um, once you kind of get into that, you're going to go, why did I need that $5,000 statue and an entry hall table and a chandelier and the thing? You know, because those are just things that you think you need. I mean, how many times have we bought something where it's like, oh, this is going to make my life so much easier. And then you use it for a little bit and then you put it into a kitchen drawer never to be heard from again. I mean, those are the things that that you kind of look at. It's like, why do I need to be in that? <laughs> I, I'm on, t- you know, like, so you're on TikTok, right? And you know, those things, those Amazon products you must have or new kitchen gadgets or whatever. And it's like all these things that you can go and buy that cost 10, 15, 20, $30, however much they cost. But it's like a knife will do the same thing. Or this whole thing that I already use for one thing can do. So you don't all of a sudden need those anymore. So you're not spending money on those things anymore. You know, you're living this down that this minimalistic, simplistic lifestyle because you're filling your time, you're filling your bucket with experiences and exploring and taking on a different level of satisfaction that you get from from life, not a materialistic ones anymore. You know, we're going to talk about living in close quarters with family or your partners. Uh, that definitely is going to be a lifestyle adjustment. Uh, but again, going into full-time RVing with the right rig, knowing what your must-haves and likes-to-haves, it's like buying a house or, or looking for this. You're going to have your must-have list. You're going to have your nice-to-have list. Use that list when you go shopping for a rig, and you're going to be okay. You know, Just know that it's going to be a lot closer. But here's the great thing about the RV life is there's – you know, you have your, if you're an apartment, you have your little patio that's just sitting outside, right? And maybe it has a little view of the street or the park or courtyard or whatever. But when you're RVing, you don't have a patio. You have a whole nature preserve. You have everything. When you're in an RV park, there's swimming pools and hot tubs and rec rooms and pool halls and all these different pickleball, I'm looking at a pickleball court right here and horseshoes and barbecue pits. You know, you don't need to stay inside if you're an RVer. You can get out and you can go and explore and you can go hike. You can have your alone time. You can go out there. And that's what, you know, RVing is all about is to get out there. You don't have to spend all your time in the RV. And let me tell you about rain days in my van. They suck because I do feel like I'm trapped. Because I don't normally spend all day in the van. I like to be out and whatever. So I found like rain days. I go to movies. You know, I go go to a mall and just go walk around and, and, and things along those lines. You know, I'll find something to do just to be able to get outside. Because that's so important. It's just being able to get outside and, um, and, and just explore. So don't worry about being close. You can be as close to or as far away from somebody as you want when you're doing of this and then your daily routines, you know, as a full time RVer, they're gonna they're gonna differ, but they're gonna be the same. You're still gonna wake up, you're still gonna work, you're still gonna think about what you're gonna do today, you know. But instead of saying, "Oh, I'm gonna vacuum, I'm gonna mow the lawn, I'm gonna you know go and clean the gutters," you're saying, "Well, we're gonna check out this campsite, we're gonna go do you know go explore this town, we're gonna sleep here tonight, or we're gonna go back to the campground, or we're gonna leave a day early or stay two days later." You know, so you're still trying to make the adjustments. You're still making those decisions. They're just different decisions about how you choose to live your life. So it is an adjustment, but when it's all said and done, it's it's not much different than what you're already doing. Finally, is full-time RVing right for you? Well, if you've gone through this list and you've been nodding your head up and down going, yeah, I get it, I can do that, then it might be. 
But if you're like, oh, I can't do that. No, I there's just that's a hard no. RV full timing might still be for you, because the one of the things that I hear the most is, oh, I need a shower every day. So take a shower every day. You know, in my tiny van, I've got a full shower. You know, in my big RV, there's a full shower. I'm at a campground. There's a bunch of full showers here. You know, so you're maybe you're not going to be an RVer that goes boondocking out in the middle of nowhere for weeks and months on end. If you need this hot, unlimited water, maybe you're going to be more of an RV campground kind of RVer. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, so don't let that kind of thing say, oh, no, I'm, I'm not ever going to be able to do that. Um, you know, another thing to consider when you're looking at full-time RVing is your relationships with the people going. Are they all excited as you are? Are they all ready to go? Now, I've done a lot of interviews on the RV Dreaming podcast and with Full-Time Freedom Week. I've talked to a lot of people, and there's a lot of times where one person is more excited than the other. But the person who's not excited agrees to try it, you know, quote, air quotes, try it for one year or some specific length of time. And they're the ones that end up falling in love with that lifestyle more than anyone else. Like, I was just talking to somebody. They've been on the road for like three or four years now. But it was a one-year trial, and now they're all in. And they're raising their children that way. And it's the one thing that she goes, I never thought I would have ever have done this. Like, it it's, blows me away. It is not anything like I thought about. I thought I was going to have to suffer. I was doing it as a favor to my new husband. No. They're all in. She loves it. You just never know. So, but relationship considerations, if everybody's on board, then everybody needs to be on board. You have to be able to cope with uh, changes in uncertainty as well. You know, things change really quickly around here. And being able to, you know, just kind of go with the flow and think things through with a level head, very, very important. Um, finally, and this is, and this is, I started without this. And to be honest, right now, I still don't have an answer to this last point. Long-term goals and how full-time RVing fits into them. I don't know. People ask me how long I'm going to do this. I don't know. People ask me if I would ever consider settling down again. I don't know. I don't want to say yes. I don't want to say no. I, I just know that you know, going back to the lifestyle elements of a full-time RVer, you just kind of go with the flow. If somebody called me up today and said, hey, I got this great job you would be interested in. It would require you to get off the road and, and be in person. But hey, here's the job. And it was something that I've always wanted to do. Yeah, done. I'm in. But I've turned down jobs because the opportunity doesn't sound as exciting as getting off the road. You know, so there's that that balance there. And to get me off the road would have to be something pretty spectacular. But nothing's come up like that. Now, also, I am getting tired. I'm in my third year of full-time RVing, you know, without a domicile, without a home base, without any of this. So I am getting tired. It is a lot of work. I'm planning, thinking about where we're going, the driving, all the kind of variables. So this winter, I am planning on slowing down my travels a little bit and not being so go, 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 just to kind of give me a little reset. And I think for me, that's going to give me the rest that I need to be able to move forward. And wintertime really allows you to do that because as the winter moves in from the north and it gets colder, everyone flocks out to Arizona, Florida, Texas, Mexico, you know, for, for, for their full-time wintering. 
uh, needs. And I think that's what I'm going to be doing as well. I think I'm going to be camping out in southern Arizona for the for the winter and not moving as much or at all. So that's going to be enough for me to kind of recharge my batteries to stop and focus on some other things like growing this podcast and working on RV Dreaming and stuff like that to allow for me to be ready to go come April and May where I want to head back up to Canada again, where I want to go hit the Pacific Northwest. I'm sorry, the the Pacific Northwest oh, and the Northeast. You know, so I don't know. And it's okay. You don't have to have that in mind. You don't have to have an answer. I don't. Does that mean that you can't full-time RV? Absolutely not. Do it. Just start going. All right. So these are the main points that we looked at today. Is full-time RVing right for you? Understanding the full-time RVing lifestyle, the pros and the cons, financial consideration, lifestyle adjustments, and finally, you know, some other things about is full-time RVing right for you. And I'd love to hear from you. What are your pros and cons? What are your drawbacks? What are your fears about hitting the road? And now that you've been on the road, if you've been on the road, tell me what you thought your fears were, how you dealt with them, and how you're getting through your your next cycle, your next phase of your nomadic lifestyle. I'd love to know more about all that. Drop your comments below. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. If you like what you heard or you got something out of this, please take a moment and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps us get more exposure and helps us just more people like you thrive on the road. All right. So enjoy your travels. Make them safe. Make them fun and make them memorable. RV Dreaming. Start here. Go anywhere. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the RV Dreaming Podcast. See the action on Instagram. Stuart doing stuff. Hear about it on the podcast. Be sure to subscribe. We'll see you in the next episode.